Alrighty, good morning everyone. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. I am thrilled as can be. Pleased as punch, if you will. No Thursday night football. Very happy about that, Wiz. Extremely happy about that. How are we doing today? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good that there's no Thursday night football. And uh, so he seems to be uh, the quality of play. I don't know. I, it, just, it, ne- it, never, it never seems like it's really up to par. The team's off a few days rest. I mean, uh, I don't like it myself. And, uh, yeah, I think we got two more games on Monday night. And uh, that could be the way of the future. Like, uh, doubleheaders on Monday nights uh, seem to make a lot more sense uh, so I'd love to see you know that that really become something that's a fixture in terms of the scheduling. But uh, you know, look, the last few times we were talking, um, I think the biggest thing was uh, who was going to last longer with the Jets, Le'Veon Bell or Adam Gase, and uh, somehow Adam Gase is, uh, has lasted longer. As the Jets decided to forget about trading him, we're just going to release Le'Veon Bell, and now. It's a matter of um, of where he signs. Uh, I thought the Bears would be, you know, losing Cohen. I, I thought maybe that would make sense, especially considering they got off to a hot start. But it appears that the three finalists for the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes, if you want to call it that, are two teams in the AFC East, the uh, Dolphins and the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you have any view on, you know, how you think that's going to play out? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the, the, the chief one, obviously, from a fantasy perspective, would make things a little sticky, uh, especially for those of us who drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, for the Dolphins, uh, you know, probably makes the most sense, actually. They've, they've basically said enough of the Jordan Howard experiment, although they seem to integrate um, Matt Breida back into things, and Gaskin has held up relatively well uh, thus far. Uh, and the Bills are an interesting one, too. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how this kind of plays out. I know the Patriots got tossed around, but I said to myself, they've got already got four or five guys there. I don't see how that's a, that's a fit. So, so let's see what happens. Uh, like you said, uh, we've talked about this for a while. It's happened. I think it's just a matter of time before Adam Gase goes, uh, maybe even after this week. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, lots happening, lots going on. And uh, what we're going to do today, we're going to do two different podcasts. We're going to start off with the AFC. We're going to do a little bit of a review of everything that's kind of happened and things that are on on our minds. And uh, then we'll move to the NFC. So uh, why don't we get moved? I'll take the yeah, AFC East this time. I know you've, uh, you know, took it. Uh, I believe you took it last time. I, you know, I'll take I'll take it this way. You could talk, I guess, about the two more interesting uh, divisions at this point in terms of talent: the AFC North and AFC West. But I'll start off with the AFC uh, East, and uh, you know, again, not going to keep beating the same drum with the Jets. You know, just a matter of where they finish the season up and what draft pick they're going to have at this point. The season is just. You know they, they need to just scrap it and start all over. Um, that that's that's clear. I was talking for weeks that I liked how Miami was playing. They went into San Francisco last week and they absolutely obliterated them. And man, there's no excuses. The 49ers had Debo Samuel back. The 49ers had Kittle back. The 49ers had Mostert back. The 49ers had Jimmy Garoppolo back. And Miami went in there and they absolutely whooped them. 
from pillar to post, from start to finish. Um, I'll continue saying it. I, I like Miami. I like the way they finished last year. They're playing hard, and there's something with that Fitzmagic. I mean, he gets off of these starts. Now, I'm not saying that's going to continue, but uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things to like about Miami. We haven't seen New England play for a while due to the COVID stuff. Cam Newton, the game postponed, canceled, playing Denver uh, this week. Um, I think the one interesting thing is the, the way they used Harris uh, last week. I'm wondering if that is a game script type situation or if he just clearly becomes the lead guy there with Burkhead sprinkled in and, and, and James White being used on passing downs or, or is that kind of a week-to-week thing? But he was running hard. He clearly had live legs. And as far as the Bills go, um, there are a couple of things from that game. One is Josh Allen reverted back to some of the Josh Allen stuff from the last couple of years, forcing the ball, poor decisions, poor throws, poor footwork. Um, just, 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 you know, he reverted back. He wasn't the same guy. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the Titans having a good game plan or, or, or what against him, but he, his decision-making was, was awful on Tuesday night. So we'll see how that goes. But the thing that really just has stood out to me is that Bill's defense is horrendous. I mean, they make mental errors, physical mistakes. They can't get to the quarterback. They can't play back in the secondary. Like, there is nothing going, you know, right for the Bill's defense. And I noticed in a few leagues that they were just out and out dropped their defense special teams. Now, I don't know if that is by design because they, you know, they're playing Kansas City this week, and then uh, they'll try. The people who dropped them will try and whatever GMs dropped them will try and pick them back up, or if they're done with them for this year. But I'll say at this point that the Bills are nothing more than a straining defense against a good. You know, with a good matchup, I feel a level of confidence starting them, and that's a level. That's not a complete, you know, completely confidence. But when they're playing good team, I have no confidence in that defense. I don't like what I saw. They they can't stop anybody. I mean, they couldn't stop them on Tuesday when they knew they had to run the ball. They're making mental mistakes. Um, I just didn't like anything I saw from the Bills defense. So, anything you wanted to tackle onto that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the Bills' defense. So they're, they're missing two of their best defenders uh, in Tredavious White and, and, and Matt Milano. So I, I, I want to be a little bit careful about how much that we – look, the defense has definitely not been playing well, but they're definitely missing – guys played the first couple of weeks. Though. No, but they did not play this week. So and, – and they were – I know that, but I'm saying they, they, they haven't looked – they have not been – No, they have defense. not. They have not, and they're not getting to the quarterback. That's that's for certain. They're not getting to the quarterback. So – but I, I don't. I don't think. You know, I, I own them in one league. Um, I don't have them in any other league. But I don't think they're droppable at this point. But I think they're. You have to play around with your schedule a lot more. So that's what I would say to that. Uh, Moving move to the Jets, I think the the one very steady guy that you can play with confidence every single week. It doesn't matter who's under under center. It's going to be Jamison Crowder. He's the best offensive player they have, and I think you can feel confident about that and and how the offense flows through him, uh, that's for sure. Uh, you know, you talked about Miami, um, and, and yes, this team plays incredibly hard. 
the coach really has a good, good feel for what's going on there. And, you know, they went into that building and they just blew the doors off of that team. So very confident about that. They got a passing game, which is in some games just really can light things up. You know, Kasicki got down the field a little bit. Devontae Parker has definitely built on last season. So very, very good to, to see that. And on New England, like you said, they've been off a while. I do think we are going to start seeing a lot more. Uh, I think this is a, a migrate because Sony Michelle is hurt. That's so he's still out, but I think this is definitely a turning point uh, and Damian Harris should not be sitting on any waiver wires as we sit here today. That's what I would say. I, I think he's going to be the lead dog. I do know that they are a game script running game for certain in terms of who carries the load there and how game flow predicts what will happen. But I think Harris is the guy that's going to be toting the rock most often for New England going forward. All right, go ahead. Do you want to take the AFC North? Yeah, so AFC North, I said, you know, the biggest noise of the week uh, certainly came from Pittsburgh and, and Chase Claypool, a player that we talked about before the season in, in great detail. Uh, you know, there's some feeling about, you know, what position he'd be better suited to play. But, look, he's a freak offensive talent. We saw that at the Combine. It's starting to play out on the football field. Deontay Johnson seems to have trouble staying on the field. And, and, and I felt that this was a team or a player that was – certainly one injury away from making a big, big difference in fantasy circles, and, and we're starting to see that. So the question is, do they continue to build on the success that they had this past week? We really love this offense coming into the season, and certainly it's playing at a very high level right now. Roethlisberger, definitely that rust is off. This is a high-flying offense right now. I personally think this is the team to beat in the AFC North right now. Now, I think you've alluded to this as well. The defense has not played as well as we'd like to see it play. Hopefully, they can start to improve upon that because last year they were much more dominating with an offense that was much more woeful. You know, they do have to get to the quarterback more for certain. And the back of the offense, the back of the defense here needs to play better. So be watching that for, for sure. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, Kevin, Kevin Stefanski has his team confident. The offense is confident. They didn't really lose much of a step without Nick Chubb this week. Uh, they played well. They won their game. And I think people in Cleveland should be excited about the start with, without question. Um, I think they're still going to use, you know, a couple of guys in the run game, as we saw. Yes, Kareem Hunt will get his, but Dearness Johnson will certainly be a part of this offense kind of moving forward, holding place for Nick Chubb before he gets back. Uh, but I like what I see on the Cleveland Brown side, and Miles Garrett is just creating a lot of damage <laughs> to a lot of opposing offenses he's getting in there constantly making life very difficult for opposing quarterbacks so so I like the way that's kind of rolling along I'm not comfortable what I see out of Baltimore right now still I know they won this past week offensively I don't know I think it's time to get some other guys involved on this offense and it's time to also start moving in a different direction. I, I think we're going to see this in a couple of places. I'll talk about it in, when, we, when we get to the Detroit Lions, but I think we're going to start seeing that as, as well here. I think we're going to start moving to some of these rookies starting to get much more involved in the running game, and that means J.K. Dobbins getting more touches here. And Cincinnati, you know, very disappointing effort from them last week. Yes, they went into Baltimore, but I just felt they were flat as a pancake. I think you want to watch very closely this A.J. Green situation. You know, there was some 
lip reading going on where he, he, he was intimating that they should just trade me in terms of his usage. I think he, he was also banged up in this game. But it looks like this is going to be a completely different story for him kind of moving forward. And it's really the, the Tyler Boyd and the uh, T. Higgins show from here. And I think, you know, if you have if you have A.J. Green and you haven't dropped him yet, you may have to warrant serious consideration to doing that now. Yeah, I've been saying it for a month. Um, I, I, I don't. I mean, ever since we, I saw two full games of it, and I didn't like it. It, it could be uh, any of the above, or all of the above. Of the players older, the players rusty. He just hasn't recovered from his injury. He's he's not you know used to having a new quarterback. He doesn't want to be there. Any all of those reasons, I think I think honestly, AJ Green is a drop candidate in in fantasy football leagues. Um, yeah, I know Dennis Johnson had had uh, moved on to Cleveland now. Um, Dennis Johnson, I know, had uh, a good his first game with Nick Chubb in the game that Nick Chubb. Got hurt against the Cowboys, but you got to remember he had a good game in that one. But he's not playing the Cowboys every week, and it looks to me like Kareem Hunt is going to be a very, very greedy fantasy player, um, which is great if you have Kareem Hunt, but not great if you have Ernest Johnson. I just noticed that even when Kareem Hunt took himself out of the game, and for a play or two, and their turn is on, they came in the game, and they got in the red zone. Kareem Hunt is, like, calling when he's playing and when he's not. Like, he's, I think, at the position where he's, they're not, like, putting Johnson in for specific series. So I think he's a very greedy fantasy player. And like I said, it's great if you have him, not great if you have Johnson. But I guess Johnson is, is still an okay backup. He's going to have to get his yards and, and do a lot of stuff quickly when he's in there because uh, I just think Kareem Hunt wants to gobble up as many touchdowns. He could be playing for a future contract, and I think he's in a situation where he wants to put up numbers uh, while Nick Chubb is out. Look, I talked about it after the draft with the Ravens. I don't think they want Lamar Jackson to run as much as he's done. As certainly what he did last year. He's he's a slightly built guy. Um, they just don't want him doing that. I mean, they want him, you know, building on his craft of being a pocket passer. And I think that run game, which you saw from him every game last year, I think that's going to be reserved to games that are playoff games, games that are tight in the fourth quarter, or games like against the Steelers or Browns, uh, where they it's an important game. I, I just think like when they're playing these games uh, against maybe non-division opponents, which is most of the schedule, he's not going to be taking off and running as much. He, they're just not going to do it with him. And uh, yeah, I think there's a chance that Dobbins maybe becomes the lead guy there, but I, it's, it's just tough to predict. It's tough to predict who gets the majority of the carries, and it's also tough to predict um, who gets the goal line carries. As far as Pittsburgh goes, you know, I mentioned to you and to a few other people who have been asking me about the Steelers, I think that defense, is, when I look at it, is kind of overrated. Um because when you're talking about elite defense, you know, it's 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 not only getting sacks and, and and strip sacks and fumbles and all of that. It's being able to stop the team from throwing the ball and like if you have a quarterback that can get time by, you know, running out of the pocket and getting time for himself, or a team that has a good offensive line and guys like Cameron Hayward and, and T J Watt and, and um and Bud Dupree don't wreck the game 
you could throw the ball all, all over them. I mean, I saw Denver do it when they when when Pittsburgh knew they had a throw with a backup quarterback, and Carson Wentz with a beat up offensive line threw the ball all over them. I, I just think their defense, especially their back half of their defense, is overrated. So we'll see how that goes. There's going to be some crucial division matchups coming up soon between the Steelers and Ravens, uh, and that'll that'll be interesting. Um, so with that said, let's go to the let's go to the AFC South. Um, again, the Jaguars just do not seem to be able to win these these games that are fairly close. Uh, they lost uh, they lost another one this past week to the Texans, um, and it just seems like the Texans' offense was rejuvenated. I'm not sure if that's a combination of O'Brien leaving and them really feeling better about themselves or the fact that they were playing the Jags. We'll have to see that goes. But Brandon Cooks looked like a different receiver last week than he had basically all of the season. Um, I'm going to move on to the Colts. And this is the most important thing that I want to talk about the division. Is uh, Philip Rivers is, 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 is done. Uh, I just don't like what I see from him. Um, I don't like any of it. Um, I just think he can't get the ball out to the receivers. I think his leadership qualities are fine. I think his decision-making of having to, having to read defenses and putting them in the right play is also fine. He just can't make the throws. He doesn't have the arm strength, and it's killing any receivers that you may have in your fantasy team on the Colts. And uh, I, I just don't like anything that I'm seeing. And um, as far as, you know, I predicted the Colts would win that division. I'm having a completely different view now. Um, the Titans just look like the better team. Um, even without all of their players, they ran it up literally and figuratively against Buffalo on Tuesday. Their offense looks good. A.J. AJ Brown reminded everyone why everyone was so excited about him after his rookie year. He looked to be the beast that uh, everyone thought he was going to be. Um, they get Davis back and, you know, Humphreys able to, to roam the middle of the field. They'll even be more effective. Uh, and then, you know, you got Henry and everything, you know, goes off him to play action pass. And then when they're ahead, they just want to ground and pass. You. So, uh, a lot, a lot to be liked about for Tennessee. And as far as the Colts go, their defense is really a top five defense, I believe. But I have tremendous concerns about Philip Rivers and his ability to get any of those receivers the ball at this point. Yeah, I think you, I think you should have tremendous concerns because there were concerns last year, and it showed constantly underthrowing players. He couldn't get the ball down the field, and the concerns should continue this year. So, yeah, it's unfortunate because this team has a lot of skill on the offensive line. They do have good skill players on offense, but Phillip Rivers is going to hold back this offense. That's not to say, by the way, that Jacoby Brissett coming in would make any difference because it wouldn't. Uh, but there could be a quarterback in the, in the waiting on this roster. Uh, you know, we talked about that, um, you know, their, their, their draft pick uh, this year. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not saying they're going to that. I'm not going to say they're going to the, those extents right now, but it's a very concerning thing that this offense is very, very poor compared to the rest of the roster. So, um, on, on, the, on the Texans, 
you know, I've criticized this offense for some time. Uh, this included when DeAndre Hopkins was part of this team. They only scored over 30 one time. And this looked like a different offense. It just looked like a different vibe. I think, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien was one of those rotten apples off the Belichick tree. I'll be talking about a good apple in a minute. I thought he was a bad coach, and I thought he was a bad GM. And I think it was time for him to go. And, you know, maybe this opened th- things up here. I mean, one thing for sure is, is is Fuller has stayed on the field and been pretty consistent. And if Cooks can maintain, maintain some type of consistency here, you know, maybe, just maybe, this team could make some noise and, and maybe uh, it, it awakens uh, Deion, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson as well. So be watching that for certain. I think a couple of things you want to watch for um, – Watch that DJ Shark situation. He got nicked up at the end of the game. So you want to make sure he's playing because this will affect the rest of that offense. They certainly got Chenault much more involved this week. And then lastly, on the Titans. So the Titans, I've, I've watched them play twice in their last five games. The last time, well, last six games, excuse me. Well, I've seen them play three times, actually. And they've, they've, they've played a very different style of ball. This is, this is a golden apple off the Belichick tree. Mike... Vrabel is an outstanding coach. His team comes to play for them. They figured out Lamar Jackson last year in the playoffs. They made life miserable the other day for Josh Allen. Harder to run. Just just the schemes that they were running on defense definitely frustrated those quarterbacks. And the pounding, obviously, of of Henry. Juno Smith is evolving into a top 10 tight end. And like you said, they get Humphreys back. They get Corey Davis back. This team's undefeated, and maybe the Bills look past, by the way, maybe the Bills did look past the Titans, you know, to, to, to their meeting with the uh, Chiefs next Monday night. But you know what? I agree with you. This is the team to beat in this division. They're 4-0, and and they had a, chip, a real chip on their shoulder this week. They, they, they basically felt that the league had blamed them and about all this COVID stuff, and they were playing nasty football. And I think when you play this team, you better expect the nasty football. Tannehill's playing well. The Titans are the team to beat in this division. All righty, so let's move on to the uh, NFC, AFC West now. Um, and I'll take it from here. And, and we're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, who have a big game on the back of a tough loss against those, uh, against those Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, and now they're playing the Bills. Uh, they've lost Watkins. Uh, you know, we have to see what happens here with um, the Le'Veon Bell situation because that will impact things. But look, Look for guys like Hardman and Demarcus Robinson to step up in this offense. Uh, you know, which guy it's going to be, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, they could even sp- – uh, Byron Pringle played a little bit too, so we'll see which personnel they actually end up using. But that's something I'm kind of watching very closely for on Monday night. Actually, it's Monday afternoon. It's a 5 o'clock game. Um, the Las Vegas Raider- Raiders, that was a very big win after a tough loss uh, the week before. And they made a statement here. I thought the Raiders are going to be one of the most improved teams in the NFL this year, make the playoffs. I took a I took the over on their wins this year at over over seven wins. So nice to see them put that win on the board. Uh, Henry Ruggs coming back, big play down the field. Uh, you know we're a little concerned both of us about the you know the usage of, of Jacobs, but uh, Gruden said he's going to sprinkle in a little bit more of Devontae Booker and Jalen Richard a little bit. So to take some of the pressure off of of Jacobs, I wouldn't worry if you're a Jacobs owner, but just know that there's going to be some sprinkling of players. Waller continues to play at a very very high level. You know I think. You You've mentioned this before on Renfro, very game script intensive. Only one catch. It's disappointing. I thought he'd be doing more on a, on a game-to-game 
basis where he'd catch anywhere from three to five balls every week. But we're not seeing that. It's a little inconsistent. So some troubling uh, signs there for a guy that I had high hopes for this year. And speaking of troubling signs, I don't know what's going to happen here. Vic Fangio's already made some comments. Uh, They are getting Drew Locke back, but I think we've got to watch very carefully what happens with Melvin Gordon. Uh, Philip Lindsay's coming back from an injury. Um, I think this is a situation that you need to look at very, very closely I didn't like Gordon too much as a player. I thought Lindsey was going to be the higher producing back in this backfield. And if he gets an opportunity to rest control because Melvin Gordon is spending some time away, that's something that to be watched. Tim Patrick is another guy to be watched who had a big game with uh, Rippin at quarterback. Uh, they don't have Hamlet back yet. He should still be hanging around probably on a lot of waiver wires. So a, a player you might want to look into. And there's not much negative to say about the play of Justin Herbert, who went down to New Orleans, who played extremely well in that game. He's had four solid performances in a row. He should not be on any wave of wires. If people drop him this week because he's off, that's something to watch for. And then the other thing is the usage of how Kelly and and Justin Jackson are going to be used. This week, it was basically Justin Jackson basically taking the lead in this backfield, still playing the Eckler role with Kelly remaining in his role. Whether it stays that way or not, I think it's something to be careful about. You know, I did talk about that. I think you got to be careful here. I, I am confident, though, in, in and, and Wiz mentioned this backfield when we were coming into the season, a young, talented backfield. Uh, but, you know, we have to see if it's just a one-game thing or if it kind of continues playing out each and every week. Yeah, yeah not, really, uh, not really much... Uh much to add to all of that. I think uh, one thing we'll say about you know the AFC is you know it, we'll see we'll see where the Lady and Bell ends up because if it's Miami, you know, it kind of ruins what's going on with Miles Gaskin. If it's Kansas City, you got to feel like maybe they aren't thrilled with the play of Quiet Edwards Alaire. And if it's Buffalo, uh, you know, and then you got Singletary. Moss and now Le'Veon Bell, that's even the ugliest of all in terms of fantasy perspectives and see where it plays out. But uh, I think I think there's you know going to be it'll be today or tomorrow that uh, there'll be some sort of a signing. So we're not going to have to wait too long. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. And I guess we're on to the uh, NFC next. Yeah, and that is an interesting situation, as you mentioned, and I do think it will have, you know, big ramifications if he lands, especially especially in any of those spots. There's big ramifications on how things play out on those other teams. So, yep, we're on to the NFC, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, again, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, make sure you subscribe so it comes right into your inbox. And uh, look forward to talking about the NFC next. Thank you very much, Wiz. You got it.